Let's do it. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of Retrospection, where we grab a dusty film or TV show and see whether it should stay sweetly shelved with our collection or chucked in the charity shop's bagging bin. My name's Colin and I'm in Moonbase Alpha. <laughs> and, I, and I'm Paul and this week I'm just in Boring Reading. <laughs> I can't oh. follow that. <laughs> in this episode, we're taking a look at Tango and Cash from 1989, an old action body cop film. But first, I want to ask you a question. Uh, it wasn't me, I was nowhere near it. Good answer. Move on. No. Yeah. What are your top five cop, body, body, cop, private eye films? <laughs> <laughs> they probably have a, they, they probably have a snappier way of saying it. I'm pretty sure they do. What are your I top... don't remember that genre. Wait, 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 wait. What are your top five buddy cop films? And I'll let you have private dicks. <laughs> I've never seen private dicks. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> 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 anyway, um, well, I, I thought about this. Good, that helps. And I, I kind of cheated a bit because two two of the movies don't have cops in them, but they still fall into that genre. So is that all right? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Well, my number one is they're not in, in any particular order. Oh, they're not. Okay, okay. Well, I can go from five if you like. No, no, do what you, do what you feel. No, no, no. Now you've said it, I'm going to rearrange them and put them in the order. But it means right. I'm going to have to. Look look at it and do it in my brain. Should I play some music while you're figuring it out? <laughs> Normal service will resume shortly. No, we're all right. We're all right. So number five, I've got Turner and Hooch. Seriously? And then at number four, I've got K9. Wait, wait, K9. wait. K9. No. I was going to make a, a fake list of entirely um, cop and dog-based movies, but I could only think of two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beethoven doesn't count. Yeah, there's no, 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 that would have been a strategy for me. Um, no, no, no. Okay. So um, at number five, I had, had um, Beverly Hills Cop. Okay. Now, you may not think of that as a buddy cop movie, but it, it is in a way because he teams up with um, uh, the other two guys, doesn't he? I guess so. I actually discounted it because I didn't class it as a buddy cop film. But Well, I'm having it. Yeah, okay. Okay. Num- number number four, um, I would put um, Last Boy Scout. Okay. Don't look at me like that. That's fine. <laughs> That's probably your number one. And number three, I would put Lethal Weapon. Ah, okay. The first one. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. At number two, I would put The Nice Guys. Okay. A new movie. Yeah. Newish. Outside the remits of our podcast, but okay. Well, you know, you didn't specifically say I had to stay <laughs> within the remits of the podcast. That's true. So. I, didn't. I, I forgot <laughs> who I was dealing with. Exactly. If you don't give me specific rules, then, you know. You're just chaos. It's fair game. You're a wild man. Exactly. I am. It's, I'm... Uh, I'm a maverick. I'm on the edge. <laughs> well, take of that what you will. Okay. Um, my number one would be 48 Hours. Oh, okay. Ah, interesting selection. Yep. Not a surprise at number one because that's one of your all-time favorite mm-hmm. films. 
Yeah, right. fact that you didn't know about it until recently. I know, that's true. That's true. I didn't. So my number five is Turner and Hooch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, seriously, it is. <laughs> 1989, Tom really? Hanks' dog. Yes, really. Okay. <laughs> if your number four is K9, then... <laughs> well, strap in. <laughs> number four. <laughs> number four is 48 hours. Okay. Yeah. Bit low on the list for me, but... Yeah, yeah. Number three is Freebie and the Bean. <laughs> what, 1974? Okay. Alan and James Caan. Okay. <laughs> it's funny, actually, because I, I was thinking... I, I, I almost put the Enforcer in my list. Which one's that? The only Dirty Harry movie that is a, oh, a buddy cop movie. The one really? where he teams up with um, Tyne Daly, Daly, is it? Yeah, yep, yep, yes. My number two, Last Boy okay. Scout, 1991, Bruce Willis and Damon Wayans. And number oh, one... I would have thought you'd put that at number one. No, number two. Number one is Running Scared. Do you know, I completely forgot about Running Scared. 1986, Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good choice. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I comp- <laughs> Did I say really patronising? I didn't mean to. <laughs> just a touch. <laughs> it's just my natural voice. I can't help it. Um, yeah, that's... No, I completely... Found, I feel bad I completely forgot about that movie. I really like that movie, yeah. Yeah, it's good fun. Yeah, good choice. Yeah. Interesting that in both of our top fives, Tango and Cash doesn't appear. It is. Is that some kind of um, foretelling, perhaps? I don't know. So, Tango and Cash is a buddy cop film starring Sylvester Stallone and Kurt Russell. It also stars Terry Hatcher as Catherine Kiki Tango, <laughs> Jack Palance as Yve Perret, Brian James as Requin, James Hong as Quan, Mark Alemo as Lopez, and Michael J. Pollard as Owen. And the plot... Yeah, <laughs> go on, there is one. go on, I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> Tango and Cash are two high-flying detectives who, like, who are like chalk and cheese and can't stand each other. But when they're both framed for the murder of a federal agent, they must find a way to work together to escape prison and prove their innocence. That sounds far more dramatic when you read it <laughs> than, than it actually plays out in the movie, I have to say. Right. Did you know that Patrick Swayze was, was meant to play Cash? Yes, he dropped out. Mm-hmm. To do Roadhouse. It's probably a smart move. I think it probably was. <laughs> yeah. And they began shooting without a script, or at least the third act missing. Mm-hmm. Um, original director of photography, Barry Sonnenfeld, was fired. Yeah, they went through a couple of directors, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, Andre Con... I don't know, Conchal- Conchalowski, him. I guess. Yeah, him. Yeah. Was fired by Peter Guber, producer. Mm-hmm. And he was replaced by Albert Magnoli, who shot all the chase and fight scenes at the end. And apparently at times, Stallone was rewriting pages just as they were about to shoot the film. And that I mean, doesn't surprise they, me. As they were shooting each scene, he would be rewriting it. And there were other writers uncredited. Um, I think the problem was some people wanted it to be a realistic film. And yeah. some people wanted it to be a buddy comedy action film. And then some people wanted it to be a spoof. Yeah, I think that wasn't um, Jeffrey Bohm, the Lethal Weapon writer. He he had a crack at it at one point, and he, he thought it was so bad that he, he made them take his name off it in the end. Oh, there's another smart man. <laughs> <laughs> it was released in December 1989. That's right, it's a Christmas movie. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least Lethal Weapon was set at Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, other films came out around this period were Born on the Fourth of July, Always, and Lockdown. Do you remember this one? Eddie Murphy cop film? No, I don't at all. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, it's one I'm going to have to check out now. Well, considering that we don't remember it, is it probably worth checking out? <laughs> Every film is worth checking out. That's how we have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> when we do Star Crash, I'll remind you that. <laughs> That'll be your solo one. <laughs> Are you going to watch it on your own? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> I'm not watching. <laughs> Actually, no, I like that movie. <laughs> yeah, you do. It's got its good points. So the music is by Harold Faltermeyer. You completely ignored that. <laughs> I did. I just rode right across it, out the other side, waving a flag in the distance. Yeah, Carry On Behind was two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, moving on. So Harold Faltermeyer. Yeah, now is there a composer that screams 80s quite like Harold Faltermeyer? Oh, God. This soundtrack, I mean, I, I kind of like his soundtrack for the Beverly Hills Cop movies. It's it's bearable, at least. This was just... Oh, it was... It made my teeth hurt <laughs> at times. It was... <laughs> yeah, and he also did Running Man and Cuffs as well. Mm. He actually has... It's funny, if you look at his IMD page, he has 136 writing credits but it's all for like three songs that appeared in other TV shows and films. So it'd be like The Heat Is On, Axel F, and Hot Stuff. So whenever it appears in a TV show or a film, he gets credited. <laughs> so he has a credit for Coronation Street. Wow. <laughs> I, bet he's, I bet he's chuffed with that one. I bet he is. Coronated what, in. What was it, The Heat Is On? Uh, I think it was Hot Stuff, whatever that is. Oh, I was hoping it was the heat is on, that there was a chase down those cobbled streets, you know. And... <laughs> <laughs> Jack Duckworth, Duckworth's chasing after some uh, some bloke who's just robbed the corner shop, you know. <laughs> hey up, lad, freeze, motherfucker. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, so let's get into this film. I suppose we're going to have to, aren't we? Yeah, so of course it begins with the funky music by Harold. <laughs> and Sylvester Stallone appears as Tango and he's chasing a gasoline tanker down a highway mm-hmm. dressed in a smart suit he's wearing glasses his own glasses apparently really? Mm, apparently so yeah because they mysteriously he doesn't wear them at points in the film and then he does wear them yeah yeah he has a, he has a very interesting vision problem that only seems to affect him and he's not <laughs> running around <laughs> Well, apparently for most movies, he wears contacts, but he thought, with you know, it would fit the character. Obviously, he he only thought it would fit the character in the opening half an hour because he kind end. of ditches it. And the end, right. yeah. He, he, he wears them when he... Well, we'll get to that. But yeah, there's one scene he's wearing them again, but mm-hmm. rest of time. So he's chasing his tanker, and there's Earth support from a helicopter, and he's ignoring the helicopter pilot, even though the pilot says, hey, we'll handle this, but... Hot-headed Tango isn't listening. He's been on this case for three months and nobody is taking it from him. And why is he Why is he saying all these lines so incredibly fast? It's like he's a character in a 1940s film noir movie. But I've got to say, he's actually articulating in this film. 
Well, he's trying. I it, I think he sounds okay. It sounds like a normal human. <laughs> That's damning with faint praise, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it is. No, I think he sounds okay in this film. I mean, some of the line readings are a little strange, but at least he... You can hear him and understand what he's saying. Well, I suppose, yeah, well, I suppose you can say that for this film. But what I don't get in this scene is the helicopter pilot says, oh, we'll handle this. But then 10 seconds later says, we're heading out of our jurisdiction and we'll have to leave. Surely they knew where they were. Yeah. So no wonder Tangle's ignoring him. He's an idiot. (laughs) Well, again, like, like you get in so many of these things, there's only really two good cops in the whole of this city, isn't there? So... The rest of them are either either dirty or incompetent. So. Yeah, unfortunately, they didn't make a film about them. They made a film about these two. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> so, Tango passes the truck and swerves his car across the road. He calmly gets out, and we see that he's dressed very nicely for a police officer. He takes his revolver out and drops bullets on the floor, and then reloads it. Yeah, w- were they? Empty casings? Because we didn't see him fire his gun at this point. Does he just carry empty casings around all the time? I wondered about this. I thought that maybe he was loading some kind of special... Truck-busting bullets? <laughs> yeah, but that... and he only shoots the windscreen, doesn't he? You know? <laughs> well, anything's possible in this film. You know, suppose, later on, we... it, it goes really to weird places so I, I just felt what if somebody jumped in and be like oh could you hold on i've just got to take these empty bullets out of my gun and put these other bullets in just give me a second will you he you know he, he probably just forgot you know he's probably blown away six people you don't know what led up to this chase do you he does shoot at the truck's window the truck slams on the brakes and the drivers go through the windows and land at his feet at which point i thought is this the a-team <laughs> Well, it's actually, there's a scene in Jackie Chan's police story where Jackie Chan pulls a gun out in front of a bus that slams on the brakes in front of him and two guys fall out the top deck of a bus onto the road. Um, Yes, I know the scene. It's completely ripped off from it, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Although theirs was a mistake Mm -hmm. because they were supposed to land on the car because, you know, cars are softer than roads, apparently. (laughs) So we get some terrible lines. Do you like jewellery as he throws them the handcuffs? Fuck you. I prefer blondes. And at this point, you're like, oh, <laughs> we got 90 minutes of this. At this, yeah. At this point, I was thinking, all right, I know, I know where we are. <laughs> yeah. I know where we are with this crap. Sit, sit back, crack open the beer. So everyone else turns up. And there's a terrible Rambo joke, isn't there? Yeah. So Tango's captain turns up and then starts describing everything we've just seen up to that point. (laughs) Because once wasn't enough, was it? I know, right? And then a sheriff arrives and tells Tango that, you're out of your neighborhood. I want your gun. I want your badge. And they search the truck but don't find anything. Then Tango pulls out his gun, blows holes in the truck, and cocaine pours out. I guess it's snowing. What about the people that have got to clean this up? I mean, what, what about the evidence people who have got to scrape it off the road? Yeah, I don't think he's following procedure. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he's not following proper police, busy. And then we're introduced to the villain who happens to be driving past. <laughs> I couldn't understand this. Why, why was he there? What was well, he doing? <laughs> I, I, I guess he's going to meet the truck at some point. 
<laughs> but he, he's driving around with his three henchmen in the car. He seems very hands-on for a big, you know, villain. Well, you know, you don't get to be um, head of the Legion of Doom without being hands-on, do you? That's right, because Perrette is played by Jack Plant, who appears to be, in most of this film, having some kind of breakdown. <laughs> well, he's doing exactly what he does in Batman, isn't he? But he's ramping it up to 100 in this movie. Yeah, yeah, because he starts like going, if it's not tango, it's cash. If it's not cash, it's tango. I'm going to have to handle them my way. Doesn't, don't you think that a lot of his dialogue smacks of, of being um, ad-libbed? I'd love to know how much of it was actually in the script. It's like, Jack, here's your pages. What the blank? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just go with it. It's tango, it's cash. You hate them both. Just, just rant for a bit and we'll just cut it together afterwards. It's fine. It's fine. Well, he's completely off the chain, isn't he? He's, he's... <laughs> oh, it's weird. Weird. And of course, if anyone had just looked to the left, and they'd be like, hey, there's this weird guy yelling about cash and tango and this limo going past. Do you think you might have something to do with this? Yeah, because they drive past really slowly as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got villain written on the side of the limo. <laughs> Acme Evil Corporation. <laughs> <laughs> so then we cut to Cash. Now, Cash has a funky comedic theme tune. He does. This is this is great music. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was watching Bugs Bunny for a second. <laughs> yeah, and as he drives to his house, all the kids are going, "Hey, Detective Cash! Detective Cash!" They know who he is. They know he's a detective. <laughs> and he and he's driving. I'm pretty sure he's driving a car that he probably couldn't afford. Yes, that is true. Mm. Yes. Um, which suggests he is on the take. Uh, so you're, you're, you're getting to the subtext of this film, you know. That's right, yeah. yes. So he's scruffy, likes beer, doesn't like tango, he's in competition with him. That's right. Yeah, and he, he he lives on junk food, doesn't he, as well? Yeah, and he refers to tango as a manny with a badge. That's right. Now as he's posing in front of the mirror in his apartment, a guy jumps through it and <laughs> shoots him. <laughs> now, how long was he waiting there? <laughs> quite a while he's like oh maybe it's like a, a, a pink panther kato and peter sellers kind of thing well, this bloke, like this, this guy does it every week <laughs> I, I, yeah he just does it every all the time he's all he's hired to do that <laughs> keeps his, keeps him on his toes keeps the reflexes going i i, I was thinking about and he's asian too he is yeah 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 he um I was thinking about how when he initially broke into that apartment, and he thought, I've got to find a good place to hide. I really, well, he's never going to look. Do you know what I'm going to do? <laughs> I'm going to stand behind that mirror. I'm going to wait for him. So, tr- try to climb into the toilet cistern. No, no, no good. Oh, good, he'll see me. <laughs> Just holding a plant up. No, no, don't look like a plant pot. <laughs> it would be funny if he was just standing behind a plant. <laughs> <laughs> Not even sidewards. <laughs> and then, just, but for half an hour, Cash just wanders around, doesn't see him. Yeah. He's just like picking up the paper, cracking open a beer. But, no, no, no. The guy is holding the television set. <laughs> Cash comes in, looks for a paper, cracks open a beer, sits down in front of the TV. <laughs> Turns the remote to the baseball, watching baseball, and the guy's just holding the TV, and for 10 minutes, doesn't see him. <laughs> That's what they should have gone with. 
But they don't do that because that would be entertaining. So the guy shoots Cash right in the stomach. Mm -hmm. Cash goes, ooh, that hurt. Pulls out his massive gun from somewhere. No, he doesn't pull out a massive gun, does he? He uses his ankle boot, doesn't he? He's got a he's got a gun strapped to his boot, hasn't he? Wait, that giant gun was in his ankle boot. Yeah, he shot it from his foot. He, but he, he was, oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, he shoots from his foot. That's right. But mm-hmm. it's a giant gun. It has a laser sight on it. Everything. I'm pretty sure it's not standard police issue that gun, is it? <laughs> I don't think so. So the guy jumps through a window onto a car and starts running down the street. Oh. Chase. After being shot, runs after the guy. Mm-hmm. Who and does? Who does? Ch- uh, Cash. Wow, I'm really getting these names wrong. <laughs> I thought Chase. Who was that? Have I missed the character? <laughs> yeah, no. Cash chases the guy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And the music goes crazy at this point, doesn't it? Yeah, and you can also see that there are no holes in his T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he changed it. You also see something else, but I'll mention it later. Oh. What? You do see something else, don't you? Okay. I don't think you're thinking what I'm thinking, but okay. <laughs> you know what I'm thinking about. No. They run into a car parking garage, mm. and the guy steals a car, mm. and then Cash steals another car. Yeah. And they interrupt something, don't they, for a comedy moment. Two people having sex in the back seat of a car and we get to see breasts. Yes, because that's always funny. Yes, always. Yeah. <laughs> not the first lot of boobies you get to see in this film either, is it? Well, no, you got Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Kurt Russell's got a... He's got a fair pair of man boobs on him as well. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> where were we in this delight? Oh, yes. Yeah, so, so there's a big chase scene between cars ramming each mm-hmm. other's cars and of course cash rams a parked car into the other guy's car and managed to stop this guy yeah. from escaping I, I do have to say though the, the the action for the most part in this movie is shot quite well you can actually understand what's going on. i mean if you compare it to a modern action movie it's not a million cuts per second is it yeah that's true you can you can and, and to be mm-hmm. honest the whole film looks very nice Oh, yeah, 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 in that kind of 80s glossy... Yeah, 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 lights, blue lights and rain and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very nice. I give it that, yeah. You could also you could also call, call it slightly self-indulgent if you wanted to. Why? Because it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're going for that. Well, you beat me with that argument. Let's move on. <laughs> We also get a comedy Russian in this part as well, don't we? Oh, from the uh, the guy who owns the car, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you don't see that much anymore, right? Common, a policeman commandeering somebody's car. It's because it doesn't really happen, does it? It happened all the time in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, it was an old school thing. They don't do it anymore. So once Cash has caught this hitman, we then go back to see what Tango's up to. Mm-hmm. And he's turned up for duty, and there's somebody called Catherine waiting for him in his office. We we don't know what their relationship is, mm-hmm. and Catherine is played by... Terry Hatcher. Yeah. Now, you like Terry Hatcher, don't you? Yes. Yeah. See, I think she's dreadful. As an actress? Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't rating her on her acting abilities at any point. <laughs> <laughs> 
what else? What, what, what do you mean? Her beautiful eyes. No, she's, she, she's, she's an attractive lady. And I was, and at the time, 1989, I was an attractive lady. No, no, I wasn't. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Desperate, that's what you were. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And it's good that things have changed. I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> now, she says she's going on a dance tour, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Tango doesn't want her to go. We, at no point are we told what the relationship is. So it's kind of weird because Tango makes some weird like oh, noises while he's talking yeah. to her, which I don't get. Now we know you're, why you're being she... led down the path, aren't you? That that she's his girlfriend. Yeah, and we know mm-hmm. why she's going on this dance dance tour because the writers have no more use for her and they need to write her out until she's required again at the end. She has nothing to do in this whole film, does she? No, that's why they they couldn't figure out how to keep her in. Mm-hmm. important scenes later on so they just went yeah she's, she's gone on holiday because this movie's all about the two big talents and they're not they're not hers right so <laughs> you, you, you just gotta gloss over that one as well aren't you all the time now yeah the, the little sound device is gone <laughs> i like that oh you did <laughs> so while he's talking to Catherine, tango's stockbroker calls and she leaves while he's in mid-conversation. Mm-hmm. Because we, we then learn that Tango is rich. Yes, yeah. And he says that he... Isn't there a line later on where he says, why do you do this? You don't need to do it for the money. And he says he does it for the action. Yeah, and I, I hate that bit as well because it's the captain who says, like, I don't know why you do this. But the captain's known him for years. Why is he having this conversation with him now? That's a conversation you have with somebody you've just met. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it's completely for the audience, isn't it? yeah. It's one of those stupid things. Mm-hmm. We go back to Cash now. Cash. Yeah, Cash. He's arriving. Yeah. Cash, just checking, keeping you <laughs> on your toes, making sure you're listening. <laughs> so we go back to Cash now, who's arriving at his police station. And he starts moaning that the gun that he keeps there has been tampered with. He holds it up and he starts saying, look at this plot device. This plot device has been tampered with. Everybody, please notice this may be important later for this film. This plot device has been altered. I'm putting this plot device in my locker. Really? He I doesn't actually say that. Really? I didn't notice. No, did you not? I didn't. subtle. <laughs> they sneaked it in. We also learned that he was wearing a bulletproof vest when the hitman shot him. He was, yeah. It's lucky, wasn't it? A bulletproof vest that appeared to be belly-shaped earlier in the film because he clearly was not wearing one. <laughs> it was one of those new-style 1980s belly-shaped you know, to you fit your gut right into it. Yeah, and it wobbles <laughs> like a gut. Yeah, exactly. It's what I'm wearing right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing one too. <laughs> Let's advertise them. Absolutely. <laughs> Gut-shaped bulletproof vests. Whenever you want to take one in the stomach. <laughs> Sponsoring retrospection. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so gash... Gash? <laughs> <laughs> All these new characters, I didn't... I didn't <laughs> What's going on? Did you see a director's cut of this or something? <laughs> oh, God, Lord, no. <laughs> whose who's would that be? <laughs> yeah, it'd be about five of them, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Cash discovers that the hitman is not speaking English. He's pretending he can only speak Chinese. Mm-hmm. So Cash then confronts him in the men's room and interrogates him by putting a chair on his neck. 
But if, well, before he put, puts the chair on his desk, he pulls the classic uh, pull the chair away from him when he sits down joke, doesn't he? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. I, at which point I was thinking, are we in school at this point? Because this is... <laughs> He's like, you grown men. <laughs> yeah, and the guy eventually tells him that he doesn't know who hired him because he's in the time and place of a drug deal going down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Tango learns about the same bus just for anonymous phone call. I guess they didn't want to write a storyline for that one. Well, you know, you've only got an hour and 44 minutes, apparently, to fill. Thank fuck. <laughs> it's amazing that... <laughs> Someone else is going to take it out. Giving giving our feelings away here. (laughs) And there was me thinking we were going to argue about this. Maybe we will. Maybe it's just a big subterfuge. Ooh, ooh. You're pulling a fast one on me, are you? Yeah. So, we then cut to Perret in his hideout, who's... uh, (laughs) It's one of these villains that's got a whole bank of TV sets. (laughs) But they're all showing the same thing. Not individually to form a giant image not different channels all the same channels so really you could just have one tv set it, it obviously wasn't wired in right was it i guess not and he's watching highlights of cash's career yeah where's he got this footage from i don't know <laughs> oh no was he on it's cops like... i mean cops was a big show at the time wasn't it maybe he was on cops maybe that's what he maybe maybe that's what he was and when Quan and Lopez enter, he's moved on to watching Tango's highlights. <laughs> so it's nice that they were filmed for him, really. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's thoughtful. So Perret starts mumbling about his whole plan, and while he's explaining some of his plan, he takes two mice from a box oh. on his desk. <laughs> Why do you keep mice on your desk? Is it just for these moments? It must be. It must be, because he's... He's going to do something with these mice, isn't he? But, but can you imagine he's like, yes, uh, Tango, Cash opens the box and there's no mice. He's like, oh, uh, could you just leave for a second and then come back in? <laughs> Part of my whole explanation's not here. I've got to get the mice, put them in this box, close the box, pretend that they're all along, suffocating <laughs> in this box. And then, trust me, it's worth it. Leave, come back, we'll start again. <laughs> it, it's just nuts. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. So Perrette says he doesn't want to kill Tango and Cash because that would be a very short film. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a shame that really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to send them to prison so that while they're in prison, he can complete the biggest arms deal of his life without them interfering. Yeah, he illustrates by putting the mice into a, into a maze that he's got built into his desk. Yes. Now, now when, he, when he had this place built, when he had his secret lure built, and he had the builders in. And mm-hmm. he said to them, right, what I want, <laughs> I, want you to build, I want you to build me a little little maze for, for mice mm-hmm. in my desk. And, and the builder's like, right, okay. Oh, and over there, which I won't spoil because we'll get to it later, he wants something else. <laughs> I mean, it's... Maybe he did. <sighs> yeah, the builder's like, well, I don't usually do mice. I do gerbil mazes. I guess we could, you know, <laughs> just make it smaller. Absolutely. He's, he's like, ooh, a mice maze. So it's going to cost you, that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, pay for the nose for that one. He's a drug dealer. He pays for the nose anyway. Oh, very good. <laughs> oh, sorry. Now, this point, if you're one of his henchmen, 
you'd be thinking, you know, even Christopher Walken in View to a Kill wasn't this batshit, was he? I mean... Yeah, you'd be like, ah, maybe we should deal with somebody else. So now it's night, and uh, Tango is waiting for the deal to go down. Cash is also approaching the rendezvous point. And they both go through the mm-hmm. warehouse, unaware of each other's presence. Mm-hmm. Neither of them have backup. Well, the the top cops, they don't need backup. Yeah, I guess not for taking down a big group of... Two, well, two groups of drug dealers, because you assume one's paying and one's buying. Mm-hmm. Well, he's got his super gun, hasn't he? And That's true. He does. So Tango hears a noise on the other side of a doorway. Cash does too. They spin around to get the other guy from the other side of the wall, but it turns out to be each other. They recognize each other, and they argue about whose case this is. It was so obvious that this was going to happen, wasn't it? That they were going to have that moment where they... Yeah. Face off against each other in surprise with the guns pointed at each other. So they enter a room and they find a guy sitting on a chair. He's dead and he's wired up for sound. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, other cops and the FBI turn up and they find Cash's other gun that he was talking about earlier. Who saw that coming? <laughs> well, not me, obviously. Yeah, and it's the one that shot the agent. Cash is like, well, that was in my locker. They must have planted it. And they're arrested for the murder of a federal agent. Now, at no point do Cash and Tango seem concerned about anything. They don't. They don't seem concerned at all. But the, but the, the cops arresting them, they're really angry, aren't they? I mean, like, really, really angry with them. Yeah, there's one who's just obnoxiously angry. Mm, yeah. They also have a tape that's been doctored that sounds like Cash and Tango performing a drug deal and killing the agent. Expertly doctored, almost as if they were actually in the room recording that dialogue. Yes, I think they were crooked. Who knows? So now they're in court, and there are witnesses testifying against them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the federal agent who arrested them, the Chinese hitman, and a guy called Skinner who authenticated the tape. Both Tango and Cash discuss what they're going to do to these people when this is over. Both the lawyers say they should take a plea. Mm-hmm. Tango and Cash talk about who may have set them up, but they have no idea who it is, and that they should cop a plea together. Mm-hmm. Back in court, Tango approaches the bench and makes an elegant speech. Cash is less eloquent. No, I have to admit, this did make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was more about Kurt Russell's delivery of it. I'll talk about it in the summary, I think. Mm-hmm. So they are charged with voluntary manslaughter and sentenced to no more than 18 months in a low-security jail, which seems pretty low for killing a federal agent and doing a drug deal. Well, in all fairness, nobody expects them to get out, do they, as we find out? You know, so they could have given, they could have given right. three days, and I mean, they're planning on killing them anyway, aren't they? So. Oh, yeah, but these people at this point think that they are going to a... Uh, yeah, yeah, I suppose. They're not all. Not, every, not everybody in this courtroom is in on this crooked deal. <laughs> Maybe they are. You don't know. You, 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 see, you see the world like Tango does. <laughs> well, we know that they're guilty because we get, we get the big he- newspaper headline. I was waiting for it to spin before it stopped on the screen. LAUGHTER <laughs> Uh, crazy Perrette is happy, but his partners are not so. They ask him, what happens when they get out in 18 months? And Perrette says, what makes you think they'll get out? He does. Tango and Cash arrive at jail. It doesn't look like a minimum security jail. Back at HQ, the captain discovers Tango and Cash have gone missing en route to their proper jail. They're in the prison from hell. Yeah, so, I mean, in all fairness, it's a shithole, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, I wouldn't like it. <laughs> there doesn't seem to be um, many many other prisoners at this point, though, does there? No, no, no prisoners that we've mm. seen so far. Not yet. And only uh, a few guards. More guards mm-hmm. than prisoners. Mm-hmm. So now they're having a shower and trying to figure out who set them up. And naturally, <laughs> there's a soap gag. Oh. <laughs> and gratuitous air shots as well. That was an 80s thing as well, wasn't it? Yes. Oh, you're not referring to Sylvester Stallone again. <laughs> gratuitous ass. Yeah, I suppose that. It fits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just... I, just as an aside at this point, you, you know that Stallone at this point was probably at the height of his of his complete douchebaggery, don't you? You know, he was... He's the one who got the DLP fired. Absolutely, I and mean, yeah, you know, there's all these rumors, isn't there, at this point that he he would tell directors that he could only be sh- shot in a certain way, and you know all this kind of stuff. You, you, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Right. Looking at this movie. Yeah, Cash points out that they're going to get stuck in general population, which they don't normally do to cops, and that's exactly what happens. I mean, this prison is a mess. Mm-hmm. They meet a psycho named, well, they nickname him Conan. <laughs> This guy's played by the um, the maniac, the guy that played Maniac Cop. He's got a weird shaped face. That is actually his face. <laughs> That's not makeup. It's weird. It is weird. Yeah, almost like a Maniac Cop. He looks like that character from Family Guy. Quagmire. Quagmire. It? That's it. Yeah. 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 He does. He does. And again, even though there's all these like criminals and they want to make Tango the bitch or we want to kill you. They don't seem concerned. They're just making these one-liners and these jokes. They're not bothered. Well, exactly. I mean, they're, they're, they're relaxed, aren't they? It just feels a little too relaxed. <laughs> too? Like, you know, I think they should have played, like, the one-liners as if, like, it's a, a defense for them. Like, they're concerned. And so they're using these one-liners as a way of relieving the tension. This is probably what caused all the tension between, um, you know, people like Stallone and the various directors that got fired from this film. Is because I think Stallone wanted it to be very cartoony and the directors, thought, you know, saw the opportunity to try and do something that was slightly darker in tone. But he obviously wanted it to be right. really cartoony, and he wanted the main two main characters to look like everything just flowed off them, and they they were so relaxed and quippy, you know. Yeah, it's it's just a, it's a little strange. Mm. So we now get to see who the cellmates are. Cash cellmate is a huge guy. Tango is Ron Howard's brother. Yeah, it's Baylock, a psychopath. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't mean Ron Howard's brother is a psychopath. He's probably a very nice guy. For all I know. I mean, maybe not. Who knows? I mean, the, the character he's playing is a psychopath. Cash's cellmate snarls and farts. Tango has his annoying cellmate. T- oh, it went weird there. Cellmate. <laughs> oh, good eye. He's got a cellmate. Tango has his annoying cellmate tied up in his slinky. You're doing Brian James's accent in this movie. Let's let's save that for later. <laughs> I wish he did. No, no one needs to get to that too soon. Ugh. I spent this entire movie going every so often. I'd, I'd be, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> 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 so a group of prisoners turn up to kill them. Mm-hmm. And then somehow Parrot turns up in this prison. Yeah. Who, who let him in? I don't know. 
And he's got his henchman, Requin, with him. Yeah. yeah. Who is supposed to be British. Is he, though? Who knows? <laughs> well, it's said later that he's British. But that accent is appalling. It's horrible. I was, I was watching it with my wife, and, and I, I made a comment about the accent being a terrible British accent. And she looked at me and she said, I always thought he was Australian. I saw a, a forum review on someone saying Brian James's Australian accent is so good, I didn't know he wasn't really Australian. But he's going, he's saying things like, oh, leave it out, mate, and things like that, isn't he? you know. Yeah, I was like, A, the person who wrote that must be American because mm. they're not going to be British. And B, he's not actually Australian. The guy's supposed to be British. It's said so in the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he gets called a limey um, immigrant, doesn't he? Yeah, so uh, so it's a, it's a horrible accent. I don't even know why they did it. It's stupid. Mm. Mm-hmm. You would have been like, would have been like, so, uh, Brian, uh, what accents can you do? Whoa, don't do that one. No, no, forget that. <laughs> Just go with your normal voice, mate. Maybe Stallone liked it. Yeah, maybe. Mm. So, Perrot stops Requin from killing Cash. He wants to tie with the two cops. And Conan wants to kill them too. Mm-hmm. And a fight starts. And while Tango and Cash can hold their own, they are soon overwhelmed. And Sly does his best Dad's Army impression. <laughs> Explain. Did you hear that? Go on. All the people are jumping on him and, and, and they're piling in. And then you hear Sly Stallone go, Don't panic! Don't panic! <laughs> I didn't catch that. No. They don't like him up him. This entire fight scene is completely stupid, isn't it? it and is. the sound effects are way over the top. Yeah. They're very cartoony. Mm. So then the prisoners string them up above two vats of water with electric cable going in. What kind of prison is this? <laughs> Did they just have these things ready? You know, just they've got these vats of water with these cables hanging over the top just in case. I mean, because you never know when you might need to electrocute somebody. You know, it's. On a Friday, you're barred. <laughs> So they're lowered into water. Cash is electrified, but still alive. And then Tango is lowered. Mm -hmm. Finally, the guards turn up. Where have they been? Yeah. Led by the assistant warden, who is either called Max or Matt. Because Sylvester Stallone calls him Max, but Kurt Russell keeps saying Matt. I would imagine that Kurt Russell's right, because he's his friend, isn't he? So you could argue that maybe... Because Tango... You know it's not real, right? <laughs> it's not Kurt Russell's mate, really. It's a film. I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to, to, to apply some kind of sense to this crap. Okay. Well, from now on, I'm calling him Maxi Matt. Okay, you do that. He's not in here for long anyway, so I wouldn't worry about it. So Maxi Matt says, lock this place down. Hold on. It's a prison. Shouldn't it be locked down anyway? Well, you would hope so, wouldn't you? That's kind of the definition of a prison, right? Especially especially with that crazy, big-faced weirdo in there. You don't want him getting out, do you? No. So it turns out that Maxi Matt used to be Cash's CEO, mm-hmm. and he tells him that their only chance is to escape. Maxi Matt has a plan. How can we trust him, asked Tango? But Tango has to trust somebody. Maxi Matt shows them a map of the prison. He indicates a row of fans into the Erdogs, with a fan shut down. They can escape through a shaft. Sorry, I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. A 
night, Cash tells him it's now or never. Tango has changed his mind. He doesn't trust the assistant warden. And Cash is angry with him and decides to go alone. Mm-hmm. He crowbars through a weak point in the wall, reaches the huge fans. One of them has stopped. Cash crawls through. And as he gets through, a body rolls down towards him. It's Maxi Matt, the assistant warden. Dead. He didn't last long, did he? No. So dogs can be heard, and the guards with Conan's help are looking for him. So the guards now work with the prisoners at this point? I'm guessing so. So all the prisoners are in Seems on this. Like all the guards are in mm-hmm. on this. This whole prison yeah. is working with Perrette. Yeah. Makes, it, makes us just as, it makes just as much sense as anything else in this film so far. Hey, wait, no, this is the most sensible part of the film. <laughs> God help us. <laughs> Cash runs back and uses a crowbar to shut the hatch, but now he's dangling by the crowbar mm-hmm. above the fan. The fan starts up. If he falls, he'll be sliced. He does fall, but managed to miss the fan because of a ledge. So it's really anticlimactic. I do like a big fan in a film. Um, Sylvester Stallone has been in two films with large fans. Maybe he likes large, large fans as well. Maybe he's, he's, you know... Maybe. He's got a thing for a large fan. He's probably been in more. I only know the other one. The other one's Daylight. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there was a large fan in Lockup. There's got to be, hasn't there? Yeah, you mm. would think so. That just screams large fan. It does, it does. In fact, maybe that was the title for it originally. Large fan. <laughs> <laughs> so so many possibilities, and I'm not saying any of them. <laughs> <laughs> Tango appears and uses a pipe to stop the fan. He does. Cash crawls through. Just in time, because the guards open fire on them. It was lucky, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Cash leads them up a pipe into a water tower. From there, they leap onto a roof. And the geography of this prison is just nuts. All this would actually be really, really good. It's really atmospherically shot, and it looks nice. But the music completely undercuts everything that they're trying to do. Yes. Because it, it's all plinkety-plonk, Harold Faltimire. <laughs> it's quite jolly. It's, quite, it's actually quite jolly. <laughs> They're just having a laugh. <laughs> having a laugh, yeah. <laughs> but again, that's backed up by the fact that at no point did they seem concerned for the situation that they're in. No, not really. Even when they were being electrocuted, they weren't that bothered, were they? No. It's very strange. They crawl under a fence, and there's electrified wires and a power generator. This place is a power nightmare. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure this wouldn't. This is failing on so many uh, fronts with the re- regulators, isn't it, really? Yeah, it breaks all the health and safety laws. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. They need to get a man in. Yeah, can you imagine that? They're just chasing cash, and then guy knocks on the door of a clipboard. He's like, health and safety. <laughs> just come to check if your fans are working. <laughs> it's your 12-monthly check. <laughs> They're like, oh, shit, uh, stop chasing them. Let's, maybe that's why they don't catch him. Possibly. They've got to show him around, haven't they? Yeah, so they're all doing that. He goes, he, can you tell me where your fuse box is, please? <laughs> it's like, oh, it's beneath that water. There's so much water in this prison. It's beneath the water and, and below the dangling um, raw cables. <laughs> yeah. So Cash comes up with a plan and to use his belt to abseil down more power lines to the ground outside the prison, <sighs> which he does. Yeah. And as Tango is about to take his turn, Conan reaches up for a hatchway and grabs him. And mm-hmm. they fight. They do. And it, don't you think that Stallone has a certain way of fighting? I mean, he he, he looks the same in, in everything he does, doesn't he? You know, he's got a certain... There's a lot of grunting. There's a lot of grunting and a lot of um, face pulling. That's how I fight. 
<laughs> so now you fight. A lot of face pullingers on. I can't imagine you ever having a fight, to be honest. Oh, 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 when I'm in my kumite. <laughs> <laughs> so Connor is forced backwards onto the power generators and he fries. He does. Tang Tango jumps, grabs the wire. <laughs> Sorry, I was just going to say he fries because electricity hurts the bad guys. It just doesn't hurt the good guys in this movie, does it? That's how it works. It says on the fuse box. <laughs> Only only open if pure of heart and soul. <laughs> pure of heart and soul. Wow. That's what it says. Wow. Oh. Oh, now I've got Carol Decker in my head for some reason. Yeah, welcome to my world. <laughs> okay. Tango jumps, grabs a wire, uses his belt and abseils down. He drops next to Cash. Yeah. Tango tells him if he gets too hot on the street, go to a bar called Cleopatra and ask for a girl called Catherine. She'll help you. Mm-hmm. How does Tango know she's there? Because isn't she on a dance tour? And we haven't seen her since. Well, in all, we don't know the timescale, do we? Well, she never turned up at any of his courtroom appearances. Because she was away? Yeah. No, she's back. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was a very, very short uh, Wait, dance, dance tour. <laughs> are you saying that in this maximum security hellhole where they were beating him up, they still managed to give him his messages? As good an explanation like, as any is. Like, <laughs> punching him in the face and like, by the way, Catherine called. Poof, she's back poof, from her poof, dance to just poof, what, poof, you know. He's like, thank you. Okay. <clears throat> I'll take that explanation. Works for me. <laughs> All right. Okay. Now, Parrot is really pissed that they've escaped. Oh, he talks to Lopez and Quan using a nicely directed video phone which zooms in out dramatically. It does. <laughs> who's, who's controlling that? <laughs> he calls them up and he... like, the guy on the other end's going, oh, wait, hold on, phone call. Let me just set the camera up. What's this about? These guys have escaped. You're upset. Are you upset? You're angry. Okay, okay, I can do this. Let me zoom in. Let me zoom in and zoom in. <laughs> you can't even do that on, in 2017 Skype. <laughs> Let alone 1989. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, and he does get his mice out again, doesn't he? He starts cuddling them and talking to them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Talking to them. Yeah, he loves yeah. these mice. I thought something nasty was going Hey, we don't see what happens to these mice at the end of the film. We don't know how many he's been through, do we? Oh, that's true. Yeah. Literally. Suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> You're really just skipping it all tonight, aren't you? <laughs> I'm not. I'll get. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get you. For the end of the point, podcast, <laughs> the film changes dramatically. Suddenly, <laughs> we're at a police research development lab. Is it a police research development lab? Yeah, it says on the wall. Right. Okay. The cash, a wanted, escaped convict, can just walk into. Isn't there a hint that maybe he's related to uh, Owen, who's the leader of the? Oh, this was just a joke later on. I thought it was just a throwaway joke. I didn't know they actually meant it. I mean, they look—they don't look like each other. No, they don't look like each other. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. this is this is just Q Branch, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's just a James Bond dirty laugh, basically. Mm -hmm. I mean, they got a fake dog that's supposed to fire bullets from its mouth. Mm hmm. And so we're in Roger Moore territory, aren't we? Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. not even yeah. old old style. Serious yeah. bond, it's comedic bond. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But how did he get past the front desk? Maybe he... I don't know. I've got nothing. <laughs> so he borrows some weapons from Owen, who is the person who runs this lab. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Tango turns up at the house, the FBI agent who arrested him. Mm-hmm. The agent claims he didn't set them up. But after tangoing with Tango, oh. he admits it. What? You're telling me they didn't, they, they didn't think of this? I can't believe they didn't think of this. They do, he does say the line, you've got to, about, you, you need some iron in your diet. Yeah, they do, right? Just before he's going to shoot him. Because that was funny as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the agent also says he tells them everything they know if Tango takes him in because the guys who are setting them up want him dead. Mm-hmm. But the agent breaks free and runs for his car, opens the door and explodes. And a stuntman flies through the air. Okay. He's about he's about three stone lighter than, than Stallone, this guy, isn't he? Unless he can fly through the air her, her higher, yeah. I, I reckon. Yeah. It's awful. It really is awful. Cash turns up with a witness that the cart used to prove the tape of them doing the drug deal was genuine. His name's Skinner. Mm-hmm. Turns out that he made the fake tape of Tango and Cash. Cash starts to destroy his equipment until Skinner answers his questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Skinner reveals that he has a tape of the guy who set them up. Yeah, and he doesn't. He even points out. He says, um, "Oh, you've got all our greatest hits here, haven't you?" Yeah, yeah. Somehow, how how they recorded them. Wrong. Yeah, well, I, was, I was thinking, how have they got all these tapes of them talking? Well, Perrett has got all clips of him being filmed, so maybe it's just audio <laughs> versions of them. Didn't didn't they notice these people following him around? Well, cameras, eighty style cameras. <laughs> well, I mean. 80-style cameras, they're doing huge things on their shoulders, wouldn't they? It's not like they were filming them with their Big phones. Boom over his head. <laughs> Did you just arrest him again? <laughs> we need a clean take on yeah. that one. Just say it again, with more <laughs> force. Yeah. Like you mean it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Stallone could do that. <laughs> Tango calls his captain, but he's not there. Mm-hmm. I'm... Don't really know why he calls him. I guess so that Captain can appear what? later. Well, what does he call him from? He's in a. He's in a. I presume uh, it's a garage somewhere, isn't it? Yeah, they just seem to be able to go wherever they are, even though they're wanted. But, you know. but there's a guy washing his hands in the sink, and he just takes his his overall, doesn't he, from behind him? And then the guy turns around as though he didn't even know he was standing there, and he's literally stood behind him while he's on the phone talking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe he's deaf. Maybe he was deaf. Yeah, maybe. There you go. Yeah, there you go. It's good as good as an explanation as any. <laughs> so Cash goes to the Cleopatra bar to look for Catherine, and Catherine comes out on stage. Yeah, it's boring this bit, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't like this bit. We'll skip over it. She plays the drums though, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah, well first of all she looks like, like a pans people reject. <laughs> With some weird silver costume. And then she asks the bartender for drumsticks. Why they couldn't be on the stage for her already, I don't know. Why the bartender has to ask them. I mean, what was if he's serving somebody at the time? <laughs> and then she pointlessly drums, not in time with the music. Mm-hmm. You've got to say, though, she's a good banger, isn't she? My guess. <laughs> My guess is the lousy drumming that killed her dance to her. Possibly, possibly. Because, oh, it's, it's, like... the, it's the drumming girl. Who booked her? Yeah, it's like, ah. <laughs> oh. We could have had you for another six months, but all this drumming? No, you can go now. We've booked Miss Fosdyke instead. Miss Fosdyke? Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing wow. all callbacks. Where's she from? Carry on behind. Is, 
I was going to say, you should probably say from Islington or something. Very <laughs> <laughs> callbacks. Very good. And then, then, then on the end, you can go, see episode 12. <laughs> <laughs> We've got our footnotes to these things now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, pause it here, and then you've got to <laughs> go on the internet yeah. and read it's the like, footnotes. It's like then... one of those... Um... What was his name? Those adventure books where you turn to page 12. Hold on, if you don't like the outcome, then you cheat and go back, don't you? Yeah, you always keep your finger in the page that you're at before you, and then you look and see what it is. And then if you're dead, you can just go back. That's terrible. You cheated You cheat everything, don't you? Cheat at life, baby. I cheat at life. <laughs> don't call me back. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but you tell me you never did that? I, I, <laughs> yes, you did. That tells me everything I need to know. Anyway. Police enter the bar and Cash makes himself scarce. He goes backstage and meets Catherine. Oh, and this is another gratuitous uh, booby shot, isn't it? Yeah, suddenly you hate boobies. No, I don't mind boobies, but, you know, I'd like to... (laughs) (laughs) Going on the outtake. I don't mind boobies, just out of context. I'd like this to be some, you know, some context reason. to the boobies. You know, they just have boobies in it for no reason. You want a reason <laughs> okay. for your boobies, don't you? You need a reason for your boobies. Right. So anyway, she knows who he is, and they come up with a plan to get Cash out past the cops. He disguises as a woman. Ugh. There's a terrible lesbian gag here as well, isn't there? There is. Dykes on bikes. They're referred to by one of the cops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, although he's a very unconvincing woman. (laughs) Almost as unconvincing as he is as a cop. Yes. (laughs) So now we're back at Catherine's and she's massaging Cash and we seem to have switched into one of the Carry On films. I wrote, it's the same gag from Carry On Behind where they're playing cards in the caravan. She says, let's see if we can slip this back in. Yeah. Yeah, it is because... They talk about Catherine's relationship with Tango. Cash thinks they're lovers. And then the door opens and it's Tango sneaking in. And he hears them. And it sounds like they're having sex, but they're just having a massage. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it is the same joke that's in Carry On Behind. Yep. Because yep. we think they're having sex, but they're playing cats. Yeah. It, was fu- it was funnier in Carry On Behind. Yeah. Yeah. Tango runs over, sees somebody coming in, and kicks the door down and grabs the guy. But it's his captain. Mm-hmm. Cash, in all the excitement, points the gun at Tango until he realises who it is and says the funniest line in the film. Go on. Put down the duck. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> it amused me because cause Tango has picked up a wooden duck to hit the person. <laughs> and, uh, okay. Made me, made me laugh. Uh, yeah, okay. You <laughs> that Catherine also known as Kiki, is Tango's sister. Yeah. Yeah, because they look alike, don't they? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Tango and Catherine argue about what she was doing with Cash, but the captain says, you need to get a move on and clear your names. Cash reveals he has a tape that can clear them. Mm-hmm. But the captain says they need to find somebody else. They need to find the British guy. Why doesn't the captain send a police team, though? He's got the address. But in all fairness, he shouldn't be helping them, should he? Oh, I see. Because okay. f- at this point, they're still fugitives, you know. Yeah, because we follow the law. <clears throat> well, there we are. But he does, he does say a great line. Um, he says, you've got 24 hours to sort this out. 
and the clock started five minutes ago. (laughs) 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 I I almost slapped myself in the face at that point. (laughs) (laughs) And now we get a family scene between Tango and Catherine, and Tango is wearing his glasses again for this scene. No, I've got a question about this, right? Whose apartment is this? Catherine's. Okay, so it's her apartment. Yeah. Why has she got a massive picture of herself above her bed? She looked like her, wouldn't you? So she wants to look at herself all the time. Oh, let, well, let's hope it's not Tango's because it's his sister. That was what I was going for because I, I, I was under the impression that it was his apartment and he was letting her stay there. It can't be his apartment. Why would a wanted felon, hunted by the FBI and villains, go back to his apartment? In this film? <laughs> Don't 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 bring pesky logic into this. I mean, it's I, and why would oh, why would Catherine? T- I I thought it was Catherine's apartment, but yeah, why would she have a painting of herself above the bed? Either way, it's weird. I mean, it's obviously yeah, weirder if it's his apartment, but you know. Yeah, there's no good way out of it. Maybe it's the captain's apartment. <laughs> that's why he was lurking there. Yeah, that's why he knew to go there. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, "What are you all doing in my place?" And mm-hmm. oh, you didn't go into the bedroom, did you? Because <laughs> there's a, I, I just need to go in there and grab a painting, off the. Well, it would be funny if it was a huge painting of Cash, <laughs> or Tango, wouldn't it? Or, or both yeah, of them, both oh, of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could it be because I mean, there's obviously all this footage of them laying around all over the place, isn't there? So right. So I guess they have to have this scene because Catherine has been in the film so little that they have to remind you who she is, what the relationship is with Tango, and also show that Tango actually cares for her, because we haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah. other than him arguing with her at the beginning, that's it, really. That's all we had. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's, again, that's all that happens, and we don't see her again until the end. Mm-hmm. So now they're going to sneak into the British guy's apartment. And he's got a gadget to get in the door. He does, yeah. Mm-hmm. That he must have got from the police development lab. It's a it's a bullet that turns into a lockpick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're just shaking your head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. But Requeen catches Cash, and he's going to kill Cash. But then Tango appears and traps him. And they come up with plan A, and plan A is to dangle Requeen off the roof. Why has he got such a stupid name, too? Why is he called Raquin? It's not very English, is it? No. But Raquin isn't bothered by being dangling off. And oh. I actually like this scene. I like that he isn't bothered by being <clears throat> dangling off the roof. Do you like but... his line? Do you like his line that he says? No, uh, well, up I like your... that he's real. Up yours, arsehole. You ain't worth a toss. <laughs> yeah, the, the dialogue is written by somebody who's never heard an English person speak in their life. <laughs> and if it was somebody else doing it, it would be better. But I like the fact that he's not bothered by being dangling off a roof. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I quite like that. So they switch to plan B, which is to tape a grenade to the guy's face. <laughs> <laughs> which is common police procedure, I believe, in the UK. Yeah, so they do the they do the what they call bad cop, worst cop, don't they? Yes. Now this guy he's not scared for about being dangled off the edge, so he's quite experienced. This guy, yeah. but yet he falls for this. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He really believes that two policemen will blow his head off with a grenade. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, Stallone sells it. I'm looking at your face. <laughs> trying to see whether you're serious or not. Anyway, the grenades are dud. Tango was bluffing. Mm-hmm. But the guy still gives him the information before he realizes this. Mm-hmm. Now they go to Owens, back at the Bond lab, oh. and reveals he's got a bulletproof RV with machine guns and rocket launchers. Why, why does the police have this? this well, this is why, why I thought maybe it wasn't part of the police and it was some kind of like private organization that he just knew about. I'm pretty sure it says police development lab. That's a very fancy title for me to have pulled out my ass. I don't want to know what you've been pulling out your ass. Um, but it, if you go down that route, then it really doesn't make any sense, does it? No. I, I'd like to think that it was just Night Industries or something. Yeah, you I got would. it in there. You would. It's not been there for a few weeks, yeah. but I've managed to it bring really it back. It's difficult for you to, to put it in to carry on behind. It was. It was. It was. I, I tried so hard, but, you know. All right. So now we're in a sci-fi film. Yeah. They ask Owen to run Perrette through the system. Mm-hmm. And the villain has taken over an airfield and all the buildings. The, the guy who now owns an airfield, this villain. Because <laughs> he's a Bond villain. That's what he's become now, right? He's now a Bond villain. Yeah, he's got a secret lair with a massive compound. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's, we're, we're, this movie doesn't know what it is. It absolutely doesn't. Really, really doesn't. So they take the armored RV, and <laughs> I was thinking when they when they drove to this place, how did they drive through the streets with a massive minigun attached to the side of this, <laughs> and no one pulled them over? It's the same, well, it's the same police who didn't recognize Cash and Tango wandering around. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So they have a bonding moment before they continue the fight, <sighs> and Owen gives them information over the computer, which. It's done in voiceover and seems like it was added in post when they realised there was no way they could know where they were going. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> so when they arrive at the airfield, they burst through the building's wall and the Perrette's watching on his many TV screens and he's getting all excited. And um, the bad guys have trucks now. They do, out of nowhere. Yeah, and there's lots of explosions. They're instantly ready as well, have you noticed? As soon as they burst through that gate, these trucks yeah. appear, don't they? Yeah, and... Perrette is now yelling, come on, like an old guy with a bad prostrate trying to pee at night. <laughs> Which might have been what he was. Yes, that's true. And there's rockets flying around at this point. Mm-hmm. Explosions. And uh, Tango asks Cash, where did you learn to drive? And Cash says... Stevie Wonder. Yes. Which is the same joke as in... can't remember. Go on. Die Hard. Is it? Yep. When the, when the, the cop turns up. Yeah, he turns up and he's driving around the Nakatomi Plaza and he's driving around really, really slowly. And John McClane's look, watching him through right. the window. He goes, who's driving this car, Stevie Wonder? So it's a similar joke. It's not the same. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pardon me. <laughs> so now they're facing off against monster trucks. Monster trucks? <laughs> They are, right? Where did they come from? <laughs> do, you, do you think they just took what was available at the time? Looks like it. And then we get some really poor dialogue. Um, Cash says, we've got bad news and good news. And Tango says, what's the bad news? We're almost out of gas. And he says, what's the good news? We're almost out of gas. 
I'm there's like, just no urgency to any of it, is there? No, no, no. Would it? Let me let me ask you this: Wouldn't it have been better if you said it got bad news or good news? What's the bad news? We're almost out of gas. What's the good news? We've still got a little bit of gas. <laughs> Wouldn't that be well, funny? Well, I mean, I laughed at that. I didn't laugh at the movie. <laughs> yeah, I, think my I think my response to that line in the movie was, what? <laughs> <laughs> but it's just an excuse for them to climb out of their vehicle and take over two giant construction trucks, which is, again, pointless, because all they do is drive through another wall and then get out of them. Exactly. They could have just stayed in the car and driven that through a wall. Well, they needed an excuse to destroy the van, didn't they? Yeah, because it's funny. If you say so. <laughs> because Owen wants it in one piece. Like, you know, kudos with Bond's vehicles. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Place behind them looks like a war zone. Mm -hmm. They shoot the guards. And mm -hmm. they've killed quite a lot of people at this point. And suddenly when they start shooting people, they've got blood squibs going crazy at this point. There's been no blood in this film at all up to this point. Yeah, different director now. Exactly, that's what I thought, yeah, it's, it's just crazy, isn't it? It looks completely different all of a sudden. Yeah, and Perrette starts a self-destruct sequence on the building. <laughs> okay, so when Perrette had this building constructed, oh. he went to the person, he went, after you've done the mouse maze, I was <clears> thinking, <throat> can you wire up the place of explosives and design a self-destruct sequence? I'm sorry, what? A self-destruct sequence. You know, counts down and then destroys the whole place. You want me to design... Uh, okay. <laughs> is that how the conversation went? Why Why has he got a self-destruct sequence on his building? Well, I mean, he's he's gone full Bond now, hasn't he? He has gone full Bond. And and, and we've also got a little bit of... Uh, we've got, he goes full Bond and he does a little bit of a segue into Enter the Dragon. In a little bit as well, doesn't he? Yes, he does, <laughs> yes. We, we also discovered he has kidnapped Tango's sister at some point between Tango seeing his sister and arriving at the airfield. I thought I'd missed something. Because I did, I did go for a piss at one point and I thought, did I not? I thought I paused it. Did I pause it? And maybe I missed it. <laughs> no, they never show you. Obviously not, no. They don't even show you that Perrett's aware that she exists. You see, I can understand. I know that the um, the kidnapping is a device is used over and over again, particularly in those '80s movies. But usually, there's a reason for it, you know, to to escalate the tension between the you know the 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 bad guy and 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 the good guy, like in Lethal Weapon. Ah, or it's or often it's used to bring the good guy to the bad guy, so he can kill yeah. the good guy. But the Good guys are here anyway. Exactly. It doesn't add anything at all, does it? No, it's pointless. The, why? Why? It'd be. I would have. If I was Tango, I'd be like, "Why? Why did you do that?" Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, "Well, to bring you." Oh. Um. Do you know what it reminded uh, me of? Do you know what it reminded what? me of? Do you remember a long, long time ago when we were at school and I wrote a script where a helicopter came out of nowhere? Yes. <laughs> it reminded me <laughs> the, of that. She's the helicopter. <laughs> She's the helicopter. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it's a strange... Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Then there's a fight between Tango and Cash and... Well, Tango and Cash kills Lopez and Quan mm -hmm. pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. Cash is shot through the arm but doesn't affect him in any way whatsoever. 
That was another 80s thing. I mean, one of them always had to get shot in the arm. Yeah, but we've already noticed that Cash is bulletproof. He probably was wearing a bulletproof sleeve that we'll suddenly see later. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Um, As they're working their way through the villain's lure, Requin turns up. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, and he has Catherine at first. Before Perret gets her, he has Catherine and a knife to her neck. He does. But that's not good enough for him, is it? He wants something else. Yeah. So he's got strapped to her face. <laughs> a grenade. A grenade, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you, now, do you think that they thought that was really clever when they wrote that in there? Like, oh, it's just calling back to what they did to him earlier in the movie. Yeah, probably. So then a fight breaks out with... Requin and Cash, and then some nameless villain turns up to fight Tango. To, to do some kung fu? Yes. Mm-hmm. Requin throws Catherine aside so that he can attack Cash. Mm-hmm. Cash pulls a pin on a grenade and puts it in Requin's pants mm-hmm. and kicks him down the stairs. And he goes boom. And then Tango defeats his villain. Yeah. All pointless. All pointless. <laughs> <laughs> so now they have to find Catherine and this is where Perret has her and he appears in a group of mirrors now you're this builder right <laughs> you, yeah. you've already installed you've done, the mice maze you've already done the uh, self-destruct weapon yeah but that's not that's not the end of it he now wants a room full of mirrors hidden, right. hidden behind a secret wall I mean, who doesn't I've got several but Usually when they do this in a film, there is a long sequence, whether it be the James Bond film that had this in, mm-hmm. or Enter the Dragon. Mm-hmm. Where they don't quite know which mirror he's behind. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Here they solve it in about two seconds. Now, do you think that they maybe they thought that they were being subversive and clever by, you know, because most movies would do it that way. So they thought, well, we'll just end it really quick. Yes, I'd like to think so. Probably not, though. I'd like to... No, let's go with that. <laughs> so they shoot Parrot. Mm-hmm. They then run out the building with Catherine. Yeah. It explodes behind them. Mm-hmm. They high-five and get the badges back. Oh, that high-five. <laughs> My God. <laughs> and then we leave it into some nice 80s music. Yeah, that was the best part of the film. This song that's played over the end credits was the best part of the film. <laughs> And that was Tango and Cash. Oh, what can you say? You have to say something. Who's going first? You can. Well, it's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> it's... It's, it's, it's on many people's top um, 20 lists of action cop movies. Oh, I know, I know. And I've had texts from people um, that, that knew that we were going to do this movie. And um, oh, more people not listening to us. In no, future. no. Some, some. I've had text that one text in particular said to me, um, "If Carry On Behind makes it on the list and, and Tango and Cash doesn't, I'm going to lose my shit." <laughs> <laughs> then consider your bowels evacuated. <laughs> Absolutely, we're on a quest to lose listeners. So. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> What can I say that's good about it? Um, it looks nice. It looks nice. The action, for the most part, is well done, I thought. Yes. Kurt Russell's always watchable. That, um, well, usually you do your piece and I'll do my piece, but we'll, we'll mix and match this time. I, okay. I think 
the film is good when Kurt Russell and Sylvester Stallone are in it together. Because mm. I think Kurt Russell elevates it quite a lot. He's really mm-hmm. having fun. Yeah. He, he's, kind, he's kind of an autopilot, though, isn't he? He's on Kurt Russell autopilot, I think. I, I guess, but he looks like he's having like a fun, because maybe that's, that is his autopilot, is to look like he's having fun doing what he's doing. His lines are more delivered in a way they should be than some of Sylvester Stallone's ones are strange. Well, he's an actor. I dislike the the way that there's no, like... There's no sense that they're in danger at any point in the film. No, not at all. It's completely cartoonish, isn't it? Because they're so flippant about everything. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I'm com- I'm perfectly fine with a movie being cartoonish. Right, right. But then don't have all these other asp- aspects in it that try and make it suddenly all gritty and 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 dangerous. Yeah. You know, you you can't have a cartoonish movie and then suddenly have them being tortured by a, being electrocuted and and things like that because it's it's this film's split into so many different parts that none of it all fits together. And the the villain is so un- underdeveloped. Ugh. I mean, he doesn't really do anything. He just, like, rants and raves. And his plan is totally ridiculous. He's nothing, is he? He's, he's just... He's, 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 he's literally the equivalent of a mustachioed, top-hatted, silent movie villain. Tying someone, to a, tying someone to a... Only the difference is that he never shuts up. Right. I also thought that... Um, I mean, Stallone's dreadful in this film, I think. I... He's really... <sighs> I like the way I can understand what he's saying. Mm-hmm. I think his line readings are bizarre at times. They don't seem to fit. Like when, when I think he should have been sarcastic, he's kind of flippant about it. And there's points where he's shouting lines that he, he should be delivering a different way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. And Kurt Russell seems to have got it right, and then he just doesn't do the same. Mm. Mm. Um, it's weird, isn't it? I, yeah. But I think at times he's okay at a film. I just It's just an awful lot of mugging though, isn't there? There's... <laughs> there is. There's a look at me, I'm cool. You know, yeah. references to Rambo. Uh a dig at um There's a dig at Schwarzenegger. There's a dig at Bridges Nielsen at one point as well, isn't there? Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's um, all very yeah. self referential, but it is. It's and a it's... little smug in yeah. places. Yeah. As I said it, it the 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 soundtrack made my teeth hurt. It's 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 painful. The soundtrack, I find as well. It's, oh, it... Well, you're gonna hate the beginning of this podcast then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So go on, on or or not. It's a hit. It's great. <laughs> anyway, it's a very strange film in that I've seen it numerous times now. I must have a certain affection for it because I've seen it so many times. Well, we saw it on the cinema when it came out, you and I. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. We did. Did you rem- like it back then? You hated remember. it back then. In fact, I, I remember, yeah. Then. I remember you ranting and raving about the um, the supercar that they get from nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it's a miss. Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, for, for, for that particular listener, he's going to lose his shit. Ah, fuck him. <laughs> It's a miss, I'm afraid. Yeah. It's dreadful. <laughs> I think this is one film where nostalgia is a serious aspect of liking this film. 
I, well, I can't think of any other way that you would like this film. There has, you know, yeah. if it, without nostalgia, I mean, oh, it's just painful. Both actors have done far better films. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And and both actors have done far better films that are bad but more fun. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that completely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's it for Tango and Cash. It is. I'll Thank f- God. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach us at retrospection at email.com or at retrospecky on Twitter, or you can find us on Facebook. And if you'd like to check out our Spotify playlist, it includes all the themes and songs from the films that we've covered up until this point. Our next show will be donning the black suit, climbing aboard the motorbike, <laughs> riding the streets with Street Hawk. <laughs> I thought you were just telling me what you were going to be doing at the weekend. (laughs) Yeah, classic TV series that ran for almost one series. Almost. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.